we'll turn to Exodus chapter 30. Exodus chapter 30. And we're going to look at the incense altar, the golden altar of incense which was in the holy place. Exodus chapter 30. And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of shittim or acacia wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be. Two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. The top thereof and the sides thereof round about and the horns thereof. And thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. And two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it by the two corners thereof. Unto the two sides of it shalt thou make it. And they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. God was going to meet with his people. That was the wonderful thing about the tabernacle. God wanted to dwell with his people. And they were to put it outside the main veil in the sanctuary. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps. And he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it. A perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering. Neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once a year with the blood of the sin offerings of atonement. Once in the year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. And just while we're there, we look at uh, Exodus um, uh, 37. And verse, and he shall make the holy anointing oil, the pure incense of sweet spices, according to the work of the apothecary. Uh, that is just the incense. Uh, there's another few verses in chapter 30 and verse 40, 34. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto thee sweet spices, and they have three spices there, stacked and onica and galbanum. These sweet spices with pure frankincense of each shall there be a like, a like weight. The same weight went into of each one. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection, after the art of the apothecary, tempered together, pure and holy. And thou shalt beat some of it very small and put it 
before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whoever shall make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. It was unique, it was holy. We've come now to the last of the three items of furniture which were placed in the holy place. We've looked at this before. The holy of holies, or the most holy place, was in the back here. And this was the area, the first part of the sanctuary. As you came through the veil leading to the outside, we had the three items of furniture. We've, have, we've looked at these before. We had the candlestick, uh, which was here. And then uh, we looked last week, or the week before, at the table of showbread with the loaves on it. And it looked, the artists think, it looked something like that. And today we're going to look at the altar of incense, which wasn't very big. And it went just there, just, we had the candlestick over here, and over against the candlestick was the table of showbread. And then we have the little altar of incense. And it looked something like that. Okay, we come to the final bit of furniture that was in this, uh, this section, the golden altar of incense. We have no animals were to be sacrificed on it, and it was to be made here again of pure gold. Only incense was burned on it, except once a year there was some blood sprinkled on it. And they, used to ha they had to use special incense to burn on it. And we saw that as we read that little description. A special holy incense was made for this purpose. No one could copy it. It was unique. And here again it speaks to us of the uniqueness of our Lord and Savior. He's without equal. He's the only way, the only one through whom we can go into God's presence. You know, it looks something like this. I mean these are only, as I keep on saying, artist impressions. But like the other pieces of furniture, they were made of acacia wood, which was a very hard, enduring wood, and they were all covered with pure gold, pointing yet again to the humanity of our Lord Jesus Christ and his divinity and his glory and his beauty. He was a root out of a dry ground, and yet he had that humanity and he had the divinity. He, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. He took upon him the form of a servant, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He, was, he came as a man, but he was, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We've gone over that in previous weeks. You know, the brazen altar which was outside where they offered the animal sacrifices, it was covered in brass. 
or bronze, speaking of the durability of our Lord. He endured the suffering and the wrath of God for you and for me. But here we're moving in into the sanctuary, the work of the priests, and this was covered in pure gold. There was a, a border around here, a crown they talk about, a crown, and this was repeated as we saw on the table of showbread, and it is also repeated on the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place. You know, they were, they were all connected, all these items of furniture, all in some way pointed us to the work and the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the table of showbread, of course, spoke to us, we saw last week, of the believers being sustained by God. He is the bread of life. He is the one who sustains us. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And we go to him and we are fed by him. And while here the border suggests how we are sustained by priestly intercession. Priestly intercession. And we look at that in a few moments. You see, remember what we said a few weeks ago. That we are recognized by God as priests. Once we become Christians, the Bible teaches that then we are recognized by God as priests. Ye are kings and priests unto God. At the brazen altar, altar where the, the, the Israelite brought his sacrifice, we see there the ashes of his sacrifice burnt. And he sees there his sins have been forgiven. He has been atoned at that sacrifice. And you and me, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and we accept him as our personal Savior, we see that our sins have been taken by him at Calvary. Our burdens have been lifted and we have been placed on him at Calvary. And there he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. And then we, be, we are recognized then as, as a priest. And the priest, as priest then, and the believer, moves on into the sanctuary. Into this part of the building as we saw here. This part here. And we perform our priestly duties to God our heavenly father has set up a wonderful system of, of grace and glory whereby we can come into his presence whereby we can worship him and he dwells, He wanted to dwell amongst men and he has come our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit and he has come to dwell with us and we can serve him not according to the way we want to serve him. The, the, the priests couldn't just go in and serve God in any way they liked. We have to serve him in accordance with the way he desires it. The whole work within the tabernacle speaks of this. They ha it, Moses was told again and again by God, do it according as you saw it in the holy mountain. Make it according as I have said. And we've repeated this again and again, that Moses didn't, he wasn't able to use his own imagination in making the things, making parts of the tabernacle. It all had to be done in accordance with the way God wanted it. Even the simple little things had to be carried out to accurate detail. And similarly, 
we must in our lives please God in every detail not in just the way we want it but the way he wants it and what is this incense look at Psalm 141 and what does it speak of Psalm 141 verse 2 let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense incense points to the prayers of the believers but it also signifies thanksgiving praise and worship of the people of God Hebrews 13 verse 15 says by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks in his name you know it ascends to God but it is offered on the altar when the, when the priest put the, the, the uh, incense on the altar it ascended up to God and it was acceptable to God we have to go because the altar speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ to make our sacrifice of praise and worship acceptable to God it has to go through the Lord Jesus Christ it has to go through him through the altar of incense the altar brought the incense to God in the sanctuary similarly the altar is Christ he is the one who brings and through whom we bring our praise and our worship to God all these pieces of furniture all speak in some way of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ the priests carried out their priestly duties by presenting the incense on the altar so we and holy priesthood may offer sacrifices acceptable to God through our Lord Jesus Christ 1st Peter 2 verse 5 Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are lively stones built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ Romans 8.34 it is Christ that died yea rather that is risen again who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us Christ is the one to whom we go and he will make intercession to God for each one of us Our prayers the altar speaks of our prayers and of Christ's intercession for us before his father in heaven of course the, the main prayer which we should perhaps look at for a minute the main intercessory prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ is obviously John chapter 17 this is what should be called the Lord's Prayer rather than what we do call the Lord's Prayer and he prayed this prayer to his father and it shows the the work of Christ interceding for you and for me in, in such detail 
It was the desire of the Lord Jesus Christ all his life. If you look at John 17 and verse 4, he said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work that thou gavest me to do. Christ's one desire while he was on earth was to glorify his Father. What should our desire be as we go through life would be to glorify God, to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can only do that by going to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. In verses 9 and 10, we haven't time to do the whole of that uh, prayer in John 17, but he said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. He was interceding on behalf of those disciples around about him. He says, I, I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for them that thou hast given me. For they are thine. He was interceding on behalf of his followers there. That God had given him. And he was praying. He was interceding. Verse 14. I have given them thy word. And the world hath hated them. Now that's interesting. The world hated his disciples, his followers, his apostles. He said, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. That's always an encouragement, really, to us. If things are not going well out in the world, we're not meant to be awkward. But if we are living close to God, he says that these disciples of his were hated by the world because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. God wants us to live in the world and to be witnesses for him. And if we do that, he says, perhaps we're not going to be all that popular. But Jesus is praying here for those. He says, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but that you will keep them from the evil that is in the world. And the encouraging thing about this chapter, I think, is verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone. All the things that he prayed for, for the disciples at that particular time, it wasn't only for them, it was for you and for me. And I think that's fantastic. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them which shall believe on me through their word. Isn't that amazing that Jesus, when he was praying, had you and me in mind. And what he prayed for those apostles, that select little group which was around him, he said, I'm not only praying for them, I'm praying for all those Christians who will become followers of mine, all those people who will accept me as their saviour because of what these people are going to go out and tell the world. I pray for these alone no but for them which shall believe on me through their word that they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee and that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that thou hast sent me probably one of the, the, the most wrongly quoted verses in scripture that they all may be one and this is the great theme of all the ecumenists around but it's the ones who are going to be one are those who are sanctified through the word that they, their doctrine and their teaching are strictly in accordance with the way 
the Lord Jesus sets it all out in those previous verses. So that is a, the, the, the most wonderful example of Christ in his uh, service to us as interceding for us before his Father. And that's the, the, the altar was a type of what Christ does by taking our sacrifice which is presented on the altar and then he, the altar, presents it before his Father in heaven. The altar of incense typifies a position of real and wonderful blessing that you and I possess. Here we enjoy the reality of Christ's intercession. You know, many Christians have not progressed into the sanctuary. Yes, they, they have come to the brazen altar, but they haven't moved on. They, they realize that they have accepted Christ as their Savior. And, and they stay there. They stay outside the sanctuary. They haven't moved in to realize the blessings which are available to you and to me in the holy place. Where we have the, the, the candle showing us the light of the world daily. The word daily. That where we have the bread upon which we feed day by day. The table of showbread. And the wonderful ministry of intercession which Christ does for each one of us at the golden altar. You know, you must understand and we, we must realize that there was nothing of man in the worship of the sanctuary. There was nothing of natural man in the worship of the sanctuary. The priests had moved into the sanctuary and those that had moved to do work within the sanctuary we know had to go to the laver. They had to wash themselves before they could move on in to work in the sanctuary. They had that big bowl of water and they, they, they washed their hands and their feet before they moved on in to worship within the sanctuary. And we, we saw that we have been to the brazen altar for our salvation. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin and then daily we must go to, to be washed by the word as we go through this life our, our hands and our feet are sullied by living in this world of sin and we must go and daily as the word says to be washed by the word to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit and then and then only can we move on in to the sanctuary to have sweet fellowship at the golden altar where Christ intercedes for you and for me. There can be nothing of man's worship in the sanctuary. You know, if you look through the, the, the as we read the descriptions of all these items, there's always pure gold, there was the pure candlestick, the, the pure table, the pure altar, the pure incense, everything was pure. Everything was pure. There was nothing of man's worship. What do we used to sing? We've said it before. No merit now we plead, but Jesus died for all my need. No righteousness in me is found except upon redemption ground. Natural man had no place in the sanctuary. And only through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives can we ever uh, hope to offer praise and acceptable worship 
to our Lord Jesus Christ. It is only through the power of his life working within us. There is no place for the working up. I, I read the, uh, a bit just last night. There is no place for the working up of nature's devotional feelings by various means, by systematic religion, by uh, repetitive music and all that thing nowadays which we see so much of, that getting people into the frame of mind to worship, that doesn't come into it. Nothing of man can make our worship acceptable to God. It is only through the, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the sanctifying work of his spirit, that where worship can ever be acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Look at Leviticus 16. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Now this particular verse applies to the, the Day of Atonement and the work that Aaron had to do in the most holy place. But nevertheless, we read verse 12. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil. And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. Aaron had to get a censer, he had to get some coal from the, the, the brazen altar, and he had to bring it into the most holy place, and then he put the, the incense on it. Similarly, the same type of thing applied when they were putting incense on the altar, the golden altar of incense. But look, go back to verse uh, chapter 10 and verse 1. And there had been problems within the, the congregation. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord God as we had said had set out his ideal for his worship and the worship that the priests had to bring had to be pure, pure frankincense and pure fire. The two had to go together. Aaron took the censer in and offered pure fire and pure incense, frankincense, before the Lord. And the Lord accepted it. But here we have his two sons. And I took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord which he commanded them not and they died before the Lord in these days there's a lot of strange fire being offered in many churches before the Lord and this can only lead to disaster and detrimental to the witness of the gospel and the work of Christ throughout the world. Beware lest we offer strange fire before the Lord. Let us be sure that our praise and our worship and what we offer comes 
only through the working of his Holy Spirit in our lives and in accordance with his word and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the way things are going. How good men are going from bad to worse. Strange, isn't it? We have our local vicar here, David Maddock. He was saying that Ash Wednesday was one of the main Christian feasts and was complaining in the magazine last month that people were not keeping this feast. He also had the crazy idea that uh, the, the occultic symbol of a hare at Easter time was in some way, he wrote that it was a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this hare, because it didn't have a place to lie down and all these rigmarole it was. But that's, that's the way things are going. Things are, are, we are offering, people are offering strange fire before the Lord. And we need to be very careful. You see, we must learn to daily crucify our sinful desires and our carnal nature. That's what we need to do. We must have the attitude of Paul. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself away. I am crucified with Christ. Romans 8 verse 1. Let's read this. Uh, I'll read it. It's Romans 8, the first few verses. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh but they that are after the spirit the things of the spirit for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God neither indeed can be so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now if any man have not the spirit of Christ he is none of his and if Christ be in you the body is dead because of sin but the spirit is life because of righteousness but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, ye are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. He says, what have we to do? In that last verse, 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, do mortify. It's, uh, it really means to cut the nerve. To cut the nerve. 
you should live. What does that mean? Remember, chap explained it one time. He said, if 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 you cut the nerve between my my leg and my brain, and I come up to you and I give you a kick, normally you would react. But if the nerve is cut, if you do, if you cut the nerve, somebody comes up and gives you a kick. You say, what are you doing? Because you have mortified, you have cut the nerve, you have, if through the spirit, do cut the nerve of the deeds of the body. You don't react because you have crucified the old man. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. We need to learn to mortify the deeds of the flesh. For they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the, the sons of God. In the brazen altar we see the value of the sacrifice of Christ. So in the golden altar we see that Christ is there and the value and greatness of his intercession on our behalf. Look at verse 7 and 8 of chapter 30 in Exodus. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps. He shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it. A perpetual incense before the Lord through your generations. It was a perpetual incense before the Lord. We have a continuing high priest who intercedes for us. That's the wonderful thing. Continually. We looked at that a few weeks ago. The number of times it says continually in scripture. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We have to remember that we have a high priest forever. Not one like the old high priest who died and a new one had to come and then there was another one and they, when they went the day of atonement he first of all he was, he was human because he sinned and he had to offer an atonement for his own sins before he offered an atonement for the sins of the people we have a high priest who has finished the work once and for all and he has sat down we saw just as a matter of interest for you we saw that in the, in the tabernacle there were no seats they couldn't sit down. They, they were offering the same sacrifice often continually forever and ever and ever. But our Lord Jesus Christ, when he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of the Father on high and he is there before his Father continually. It's a perpetual intercession which he has uh, obtained for you and for me. You know, the candlestick, as we saw in this here, the candlestick stood opposite the table of showbread and they were both in close proximity uh, to the uh, altar of incense. And so you see, when the priest did something at one, when he, when he was there offering, uh, trimming the lights, he then also offered incense. Saw that when the, the showbread was being changed every, every week, the incense which was on top of the, the bread was then 
put onto the golden altar. They're all interconnected. As one, as he looked after one, he did the service of the others. Our intercessor and the lamplighter is one and the same person. We saw that the, the Aaron had to trim the lights to make them light better and brighter. And we saw that the Lord Jesus said that he was the, the vine and ye are the branches. And sometimes the branches have to be trimmed so that they can bring forth more fruit. And he is the one who trims the lights and he is the one who also is the one who intercedes for you and for me. He was seen in the midst of the golden candlesticks dressing the lamps. Look at Revelation chapter 1. And verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Go on to chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. And another angel came and stood at the altar having a golden censer that was given unto him much incense and he should, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. We also learn that the light of the world, the light of the word of God shines into our hearts. And the light of the word which was the candlestick and the prayer which was ascending up from the golden altar go together with the candlestick and the golden altar don't they the same two things the, the candlestick gave us the light of the word and the, the, we, we go to the golden altar for our prayers to be accepted through Jesus Christ the ministry of the word and the ministry of prayer the reading and hearing of God's word speaking to us through his word and then his intercession for us to God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, going back to chapter 30, finally, nearly finally. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year he shall make atonement on it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. Our fellowship with God and our salvation rests firmly on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood was sprinkled onto the altar once a year on that great day of atonement. And it reminds us that all that we have in Christ, all the blessings we enjoy, all the fellowship we have with him, all the the indwelling power which the Holy Spirit gives us is all based, and we can't get away from it, on the shed blood 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that once a year. On that great day of atonement. We have been atoned. Our sins have been atoned for at Calvary. We have been saved. We have been brought nigh by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We enjoy the, the, the light of the word. That we feed on the, the, the living bread. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our prayers ascend up to God through him. May we resort frequently. To the holy place there to be fed by our Lord Jesus Christ to be led by his light daily and to present our prayers and our praise and our worship to the Lord Jesus Christ and through him to God our Heavenly Father Amen